Stitch was in a weird Disney World ride where like you just sit in a room and it's like a comedy club and at some point he farts and you smell it. I'm not making this no, up. This is the legit that's story. That's not real. And it's just <laughs> What part you know, of Epcot is that in? You guys, there's there's cool ways to spend 10 grand and there are not cool ways and sniffing <laughs> Stitch's farts is not a cool way to spend 10 grand. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 498 of the podcast. I'm your host, Max McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to delightful idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on things entertained but do not matter. To find out more about these transitive pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast, and we're on Twitter at podcastpod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be talking the stolen lunch money report. But before we do that, did you, did you guys know? That in August of this year, we will be celebrating 10 years of the podcast. Fox, have you ever worked anywhere that long? Not even close. No, not, not even, even close. close. Me either. Not even close. Guys, so to celebrate, the Podcast Live is coming to a town near you. And by near you, I mean it might mean a fun road trip, right? On September 2nd, we will be in Austin, Texas at ACL Live. Chuck knows what that is because of PBS. And then on September 30th, we will be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Symphony Hall. Chuck knows less about the symphony, but he does like hmm. the soundtrack to 1986. Top sure. so. Yeah. so how can you get tickets? Tickets go on sale to the general public on Wednesday, April 12th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's a very special on Wednesdays we podcast because it's our 500th episode. Now, can you get tickets earlier than that? Also, yes. BFOTS, best friends of the show, already have a pre-sale code so they can buy tickets on Tuesday, April 4th at 10 a.m. Central. They get a whole week to think about it, buy their tickets, pick out the best seats, and then friends of the show and subscribers to our newsletter, Note for the Audio, they get a pre-sale code for Tuesday, April 11th, and then the general sale on April 12th. Now, in the past, most of our live shows have been general admission, you know, fight to the death for a seat so you can see Goofy on that stage, peeing on on the stage. Louisville, yeah. we miss you. Um, but these two shows are specific ticketed seats, so it does actually benefit you to take advantage of the pre-sale. Now, this event is two hours of absolute delightful idiocy, and it includes our entire team that we ship in from all over the country. You do not want to miss one of these nights. If you become a BFOTS, you get access to a year's worth of premium content, including the cinema side piece we released on Friday, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, as well as our 500th supersized AUA happening on Tuesday, April 18th. Also, if you don't like being a BFOTS, you can end your membership at any time. Learn more about the podcast live by clicking the link in the show notes or heading over to knoxandjamie.com slash live. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, 
they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, Jamie, let's dig into this episode and discuss the topic. I'm so excited to talk about the idea of stolen lunch money. I feel like you've, uh, in a recent episode, you made a really great comparison that's now escaping me about someone. Uh, it was brilliant. Was, I remember it detailed and it was brilliant. Honestly, it was so brilliant. I don't, I, I just remembered, <laughs> but I don't want to sully it by memory. Well, listen, to be fair, right I want to hold that very closely that yeah. you said that I was brilliant. And I Words would just that. cheapen it. And I think we both know the exact <laughs> reference that was made. So let's just leave it there. And I feel like the listeners will also know. Um, but this is such a fascinating idea because I feel like it is everywhere we look in pop culture. I, we've talked about it often when we do cinema side pieces, like when we're all often when we're talking about replacing a cast member, like for replacing, you know, Jason Siegel and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like what what would we have done? Because there are often, as we know, from many audition stories, from many actors, they talk about when you walk in, it's always the same group of people that look exactly like you and they're auditioning for the same role in it. It's a fight to the death. And I, I like the concept that if one sliding door opens differently, how how does your career unfold? And I think I like the idea that there is somebody always in your corner that you're like friendly to on a red carpet, but you're like, I hate her. I hate <laughs> her. You know? You know, and it makes a ton of sense that there are duplicative ideas. We I think we've done an episode where we talked about uh, ideas or movies or TV shows that are almost identical, but just a little different. And it's kind of a phenomenon of uh, the, the Hollywood. But it only makes sense that that idea extends to um, the creatives and the actors and actresses that populate uh, the margins and the projects in Hollywood. So um, I, I think this will be really interesting. Now, let's go ahead and you know lay the baseline down and define what do we mean when we say stolen lunch money? So this is just another uh, way to discuss someone or something that has been supplanted. Okay, think of it like a giant game of King of the Hill, not the show, like the cartoon show, like the actual game where everyone's trying to be the top dog uh, and different people will have it for different periods of time. But it's always kind of changing and shifting. Young people take it from old, old people take it from young. It's always this kind of amorphous thing. So it's uh, people, ideas, things, um, all of this fundamentally, when we're talking about this, I feel pretty confident about, they should have some kind of um, uh, singular similarity, right? Like, right. Um, I, we, I, I would love to try to make the case that uh, John Hamm stole Jonah Hill's lunch money. <laughs> I don't think I can, <laughs> but I would love to try. But, right. Right, but there has to be something kind of similar binding them together, um, which makes it a little easier to talk about. So for context, I do want to note for the record, I have never played King of the Hill. Okay. Uh, in my whole life. Yeah. So I am going to give a reference for my play style as a child, which Great. is if you were playing grocery store and you were fighting to be the store manager who then accuses other little girls of being uh, thieves, because that's yeah. what my favorite job was. I would come in sure. and be like, did you even pay for those Nutter Butters? Yeah. Get out of here. And then they'd have to go sit under the slide. I feel like any um, psychiatrist listening are having a field day right now. They're just like, pause. Let me fill this whiteboard up. With you know, <laughs> sidebar, did you know a listener uh, who is a therapist literally told us on Twitter this week that someone brought up our show in their therapy session? Wow. In a good or bad way. Well, I don't ask follow-up questions because I don't like to know the answer. I would. That. Listen, I would love to have like an Ask a Therapist episode where we just kind of kick it to a therapist and be like, yeah. but not like serious stuff. 
be like, what does it mean that this like blah, blah, blah happens or that I'm drawn to this kind of projects? Like, can you explain what that means? I'm sure it's like a very disrespectful use of their expertise, but I still want to do it. You know, I like that idea. Put it on the whiteboard. Put it on the whiteboard. So uh, for me, like the best example of this is we'll go like old school, um, a little old school. Uh, I think of Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton. Okay, these are two actors who Tom Hanks was born in 1951. Michael Keaton was 1956. Both. uh, I love that that means you do not know how old they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) listen, I just saw it like on their wiki and I was like, well, I'm not going to do the math. People can do the math. You know, I'm not the math guy. They didn't come here for me to be the math guy, you know, Um, but both are defined by their likability. They're affable. They're kind of goofballs. They're handsome. But not in, in an approachable way, not like a like a typical movie star way. And when you look back at their career, they've kind of been doing that tango of who's who is uh, who's king of the hill, who's stealing whose lunch money. Because you look both hit around 1983. Tom Hanks is bosom buddies and Splash. Michael Keaton is Mr. Mom. Michael Keaton kind of draws the first blood because he gets uh, Beetlejuice in 98. But Ooh. then Hanks has Money Pit in 86, and he gets big and and like not literally big, like the movie Big, the uh, Jamie's favorite movie because it has. It features sex with a teenager, but it's kind of blameless because she didn't know he's a teenager. So Elizabeth Perkins he is really blameless. He wasn't a teenager on the outside. <laughs> right. I'd love to see you argue that in a court of law, you know? <laughs> you always make me sound just slightly left of criminal. I don't I don't know that I love that. I make you sound like that or I just repeat what you say. You just Interesting. What I say. That's you know? fine. That's fine. That's fine. But so like Michael Keaton, it's really interesting because Michael Keaton gets Batman. At, in 1989, right? So you're yes. like, he's one. He is, he's going to be the guy. Um, but that turns out to be a disaster. And because of that disaster in 1989, Tom Hanks, he goes in the direction of Turner and Hooch and the Burbs uh, in 1989. And, and Michael Keaton spirals. He really doesn't effectively work. I mean, he does jobs, but he gets multiplicity in 96, which I don't know if you can call that like a good gig. And then it isn't until, you know, arguably 2014 Birdman that Michael Keaton rebounds. Meanwhile, Tom Hanks, 92, he's got a league of their own, 93, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, 94, Forrest Gump, 95, Apollo 13, 95, Toy Story, 96, that thing you do, 98, Saving Private Ryan, you've got Mail 1998, Castaway 2000. He can do this because Michael Keaton is radioactive and it allows Tom Hanks to clean up and completely steal the lunch money. So that, I don't know if that effectively communicates what we're going for here, but it's when someone really takes it from someone else and gets all of the roles associated with that kind of personality type. No, and that's exact. and for Tom Hanks, it it changes his financial future. It changes his, it's his entire life. And you have when you're Michael Keaton, you just have to like sit in your living room and just be like, that son of a bee. He's yeah. just stealing it all from me. But I'm so glad that Michael Keaton has, I mean, like, he's gonna be Batman again. Like that's yeah. so exciting, you know? And so yeah. he's you know, made and, it back. And when you look at it, it's like it, it isn't you know, Birdman's 2014-ish, I think. And that coincides when Tom Hanks starts to become like boomer dad all-star. You know, so he's, he's r- not really creatively going after it anymore. And what you mentioned, like it, it allows Tom Hanks to accrue all the, the creative equity and financial equity and uh, craft equity like that 10 year span, you know, eight to 10 years. That's that's what makes Tom Hanks who he is now, yes. because he's been drafting off that for over two decades now. Right. Oh, he's done some good yeah. stuff, obviously. But that run is unparalleled and it's incredible. Um, and it's, a, it's what allows him to be the person he is today. Meanwhile, Michael Keaton is just now coming back from it. So I think it is it's a worthy and important conversation to kind of assess who is seizing the mantle and like taking over different corners of uh, Hollywood. So yeah. um, before we talk specifics, though, Jamie, I wanted to ask you, like personally, you know, have yeah. you ever had your lunch money literally 
Or metaphorically stolen. Okay, so both. Literally, my mom packed my lunch. I didn't have my lunch money stolen, but my literal lunch. Because my mom packed my lunch because I'm, uh, you know, I only like PB and J and green apples. So I was yeah. very focused as a child. When you, I didn't know I was hyper fixating on food until, like now I do, I hyper fixate on food. And now I'm like, oh, I did that as a kid too. But Joe <laughs> Green once stole my ALF lunchbox and I could not be consoled. I started wailing in the lunchroom. He hid it. He then lied about it. And then, of course, the lunch ladies later, when they popped up those tables and made them into their little tea, you know, their little yeah. teas, they yeah. they found it and he got paddled. He got paddled. Whoa, that's a paddleable offense? Because, he, well, well, listen, it's Alabama. They were paddling. Well, and it came back because he also, he tricked me. He's the guy that tricked me in second grade. Um, he, I'm, I wanted to be the teacher's pet always to this yeah. day. And he yeah. said, hey, if you just yell real loud. Uh, cuff backwards, Miss Cummings yeah. will freaking love you. And so I stood up and said the F word, the loudest anyone has ever said the F word at Bagley Elementary School. And I got paddled for that. That is a paddle. Look, that's a, that's a reasonable paddleable <laughs> offense. I know we talked about this before, but I don't remember if I've asked, like, was there a moment where you were like, huh, cuff backwards? I don't know. I'll do it though. Listen. Or was it like, I'm uh, like F U San Diego, Ron Burgundy style? It was just in head no, out. No, I didn't even know what the F word was. I had yeah. never even heard the F word. You know, I like, I, I didn't even know. But I will say, in my late 30s, I did volunteer as a consultant for an organization once. And what I was doing for them, I'd hoped would turn into a full time job because I had left my job. And we were kind of doing the podcast on the side and uh, they didn't have anyone doing this job. I made it super clear in writing that I wanted the job. They even asked me to write the job description. And then they had the person uh, that they hired email me and ask me for help in getting settled in her new position. I, I, I was a firsthand witness to all of this. It was it's, such it, an interesting choice by no, this. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So yes. Yeah, so I've, and I, I've, I've been there. So, and it's yeah. tough, but you know what? I just was like, guess what? Not going to work at your church. I'm going to yeah. become a podcaster. The, the lesson there is that uh, churches that make ministry, like their whole mindset, they think even like when you volunteer your time and effort and expertise, that that's ministry too. Like everything's ministry. And the irony right is light. they treat that church like a business. And, <sighs> and it's like, guys, I was good for the business, but because I didn't get that job, I could you know, force your hand and be like, we're going to make this work. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You get to talk about the sexual aspects of Big, the Tom Hanks movie. Thank you. you know, exactly. You wouldn't have had that opportunity. God is honored in all we do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I had my lunch money stolen when I was I was a, a rising eighth grader, turning into a freshman. I was changing schools and, uh, you know, played football. Part of the reason I was changing was to play sports there. And uh, I played uh, quarterback in middle school, and I was, I was okay. I was decent, you know. Okay. Not great. We were primarily a running team, so I had to do is hand the ball from the right side. But I was good enough that I expected to start. And everyone I talked to, they were like, "Oh man, the guy we have is terrible. He's just the worst. You're gonna start, and <laughs> like you're gonna, you might like make him quit. You're so good. You're so much better than him." And I was like, "This is great. I, I'm so excited for summer practice." So I show, show up to summer practice. And uh, what I see instead, his name was Penn, uh, Penn Garvik, and it, he was the, the Greek god of the triple option. He had hit a growth spurt, so I don't know what he was, but he was like 6'6". Six, six. He, he, it was like uh, watching um, Tim Tebow, but like with prettier skin play quarterback wow. and I was like my god like what are you, what has happened here was this a joke is this like my version of hazing so you know I I, uh, I backed him up for a couple of weeks and then changed positions because I was like there's listen, there's no future here listen you know? that's tough because on paper 
if you were saying who's going to be quarterback, is it a guy named Knox or a guy yeah. named Penn? I'm going to be like Sophie's Choice. Those are both quarterback names. They're good quarterback names. Lovely guy too. Wonderful guy. Just a, a great teammate. Um, but just much better quarterback than I was. So it was tough. You know, it was tough. But I was like, hey, this is what it is. You know, I felt like Michael Keaton in the mid '90s. You yeah, know, I was like, no, okay, that's fair. You came time. back. You came back. Maybe later. Maybe later. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps in my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. They are even smaller chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're all so predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code podcast at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash popcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash podcast pod. So the weather's getting warmer and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am 
super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable. And I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. Okay, so let's, uh, we've laid the baseline, we've given a personal example, let's talk about some maybe pop cultural or Hollywood examples of stolen lunch monies. Okay, my first example out of the gate is actually two actresses that I believe formed a transatlantic alliance to steal all of another actress's money. They're all the same age, they're all, and when I name them, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I can see. So first up, we have Zendaya, singer, actress, lover of Tom Holland, right? Uh, She got her big break in 2009 when she was a featured performer in the Kids Bop music video Mm. for Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. Okay. Okay. Um, Kids Bop 15, if you're wanting to look it up. Okay. Now, uh, she ends up becoming a Disney star, right? Shake it up, Casey Undercover. Guys, don't ever forget, Zendaya was on Dancing with the Stars and could not beat Kelly Pickler. Could, wow. Could not beat Kelly Pickler. Okay. Wow. Uh, and so she forms an alliance with the British Flo Pugh, actress, oh, okay. also singer, and former lover of Zatch Braff, right? Right. She also gets her acting start as a teenager in supporting roles. And because she's Caucasian and British, she doesn't have to be on Disney, right? Mm. So... She comes in, and I think they come together, and they're like, listen, we have a nemesis. Let's form this beautiful alliance. I'll let you have some things. You can let me have some things. But we'll never let Haley Steinfeld have anything ever again. Okay? Because think about it. Haley Steinfeld, for those who don't know, she has a much better start than the two of them. There's no kids bop in her history. At 13, she's in True Grit and gets an Oscar nomination. And she's legit great in it. She's so good. She keeps working, but here's the problem. Her first love was music, unfortunately, which leads her to say yes to projects like Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, man. The least of all the Pitch Perfects, okay? That was a big misstep. She opens for Katy Perry on tour, Megan Trainer, Charlie Puth, but there's an outlier, and there is a random outlier of The Edge of 17, which she is also really great in. It was a green light of ours. We love that. And, and don't get me wrong. You might be like, but Jamie, she's playing... Kate Bishop. Do you know why she's playing Kate Bishop? Because Zendaya and Flo Pugh were already in the MCU and they couldn't steal it from her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and listen, all of this time, listen, all this time right now, Flo Pugh and Zendaya are on the set of Dune 2 solidifying their power plays for the next 40 years. And I love Haley Steinfeld, but I think her desire to be like, I want to sing about, I want to sing a pop song about masturbation. And it'd be a hit. And it is. It is a bop. And but I think her focus on music got her distracted from the thing that like, because listen, Zendaya has one of my favorite like I like replay is a song I can literally replay all the time. I love that song. But she was like, no, no, no. If I sing, it's only going to be in service to a movie. So I'm going to be in The Greatest Showman. You know, because I think about every role that the two of them have had. And you absolutely, for the most part could put Haley Steinfeld in that mix and be like, yeah, she could have been in Midsummer. Yeah. 
She could have been, she could have been uh, MJ. Like you could put her in a bunch of spots, but it's like, they just, they walled up around themselves and we're like, no, you cannot, you cannot come here. You're exactly right. And I think it's, um, I, I don't even know that it was like a dumb move. It was a, it was a move of not knowing any better because people like, there's a difference between pursuing your creative passions versus like the things you got to do to get to where you want to be. Like Zendaya, um, blowing Bella Thorne off the screen on Disney yes. channel shows. Like that's just what you got. That's just like the price to pay, like to get to where you want to get. Um, but Haley Seinfeld, I felt like she had success so early that she could dabble in her hobbies. And while she dabbled, she never established that foothold, uh, that like flow pew, like the rep- reputation of Zendaya flow pew, where now if flow pew wanted to do like a hip hop album, I'd be like, that's a weird move, but I will probably <laughs> listen to that. Like, you know? well, I listen to Zendaya do soft jazz. Yes, I will. Sure. I yes, think I, I will. will. And I didn't like, so um, when you mentioned Hawk Guy, the TV series on Disney Plus, yeah. obviously Haley Seinfeld's in that with Flip Pew. Or there, there's a, a couple episodes where they're together. When they show up together, it feels like Flip Pew is 10 years older than her. And they are born, they were both born in 1996. They say all three of them are the same age. That is stunning to me. because, yeah. And I know Haley Seinfeld reads younger and that role is meant to be a little younger. And, and Flip Pew is meant to be a little older. But still, it just feels like in terms of career, I think that's a great call because I think those other two are light years ahead of her. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one. Uh, this is a bit of a, it's a bit of a reach, but I feel like it, it, it functions as okay. what we're going for here. Okay. Uh, and I have um, uh, Simba has uh, been market corrected by Rocket Raccoon, okay? Oh my gosh, that's so good. <laughs> right, so I, you you know them from The Lion King, obviously, in Guardians of the Galaxy. How they overlap is both uh, occupy that space. Of they're, they're orphaned animals who can speak. They don't handle emotions well, and they mostly hang out with misfits. Okay, Simba hangs out with a, bo- a bossy marsupial and a, and a flatulent hog, and Rocket Raccoon <laughs> hangs out with a noble tree, a douchebag Star-Lord, and a meathead blue guy. Both were failed by their guardians, right? Rocket was – he was a normal raccoon that was genetically engineered into becoming a caretaker that focused on weapons. And that's a big fail if you spend any time around raccoons. That is not a job you can trust them with, you <laughs> no, know? No, exactly. And Simba was the sole heir to the entire circle of life. Meanwhile, that's a that's a big fail because Pride Rock didn't really have a tight contingency succession plan of like, look, if if Mufasa has a stroke or whatever, we do need to like have a backup plan. The the anyone but Scar, you know, procession plan right. here, right? And they fail in that respect. And because like, if I was Mufasa, you know, or even the bird like Zazu, who like I think he was on it. You know, he was very like, we've got you know, there, we have a schedule for a reason. We should be on time. Yes. light touches, doesn't touch. Like, let's just abide by the rules here. <laughs> And if I'm him, I would be like, Scar needs to be a diplomat to the red butt monkeys or like the silverback gorillas. He does not need to be here with us, okay? Because yeah. he's up to trouble. You know he is. He just always is. And listen, Rocket Raccoon did that, took that, stole that money from Simba, and he didn't even need Bucky's arm. Do you know what I mean? He didn't yeah. even need it. He was like, I got – and listen, I think in the background, in the background you have Stitch just looking on going, yeah. I could have I could have been a contender. Oh, you think Stitch should have gotten in this with Simba and yeah. uh, like mixed it yeah, up with Rocket Raccoon? Right? Stitch never had the real estate. They never gave, let Stitch cook. You know, Stitch was in a weird Disney World ride where like you just sit in a room and it's like a comedy club. And at some point he farts and you smell it. I'm not making this no, up. This is a legit that's story. That's not real. And it's just. <laughs> what part you know, of Epcot is that in? You guys, there's there's cool ways to spend 10 grand and there are not cool ways. <laughs> and sniffing Stitch's farts is not a cool way to spend 10 grand. I will tell you that right now. But so uh, Rocket, I, I think Rocket steals lunch money because he's 
I guess he, he asserts that he's more uh, more than the tragedy that originated him, you know? And I think he's actually textured and likable, and he has skills. That's the important part. Simba uh, is defined by that tragedy. He is defined by getting his dad killed. He has no skills, and he does nothing. Because, as a reminder, Simba gets his father killed, and then leaves, joins like a nomad folk band with only one good song, <laughs> Kuna Matata, and then he comes back reluctantly only because he got tricked into sex. He got tricked into lion sex because there's an Elton John song playing, and he had sex, and he was like, I guess I should follow her back. And then... Do you remember? Wait, isn't, he still... that, isn't that what happened to Hanson, the band? Hanson, the who? The band? Yeah, they went one good hit, got tricked into sex. Who did they get tricked into sex with? Well, no, I mean, part. I think it's like a, I mean, I think one of them's in a cult now, allegedly. Spin zone. Maybe they tricked a lot of people into sex, you know, with them. Well, been, what? Hi, I, what? It's a weird arousal uh, I'm feeling right now, but you, I guess I'll you. see it through. But so it, it, he he gets back and like he has to fight Scar. And, and Simba's, I guess, like 18, and Scar's like 60 at this point, which is like a million in line years. And he still almost beats him. And that's just, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know why we like, it, it would be like me fighting Dick Van Dyke right now and losing. And almost losing. You know? Listen, There's just no reason that should happen. Weapons or fists, I feel like he's always packing heat. Do you know what I mean? Both I will say, figuratively you know, and like literally. <laughs> like he got in a car wreck or something like last week and they keep showing pictures of him and like his status and they keep showing increasingly more unhinged pictures of him. He looks like the monkey at the zoo that they've dressed up for playtime. He is 97. You I know. Can we shave the chin strap beard or just or beard or just find like a cool picture? Why are we showing the crazy uh, pictures of Dickie Van D? It's ridiculous. Uh, so I, I, I feel very confident and I feel like this next Guardians uh, 3 is really going to assert like Rocket Raccoon's actually the guy because I think Rocket's going to die. No, you know? and I think you make a good point. When we look back at some careers like a Simba, you just go, God, he is he the least likable of everybody in that movie? I think yeah. he might be. He would be like if Kendall Roy took over Waystar Royco. He would be like, <laughs> it's, uh, just good. Did we, he killed somebody. You know, he a spoiler. He, listen, for, he would definitely have a 40th birthday party where he <laughs> brings, quote, a rapper. You know what I mean? He would absolutely yeah, do that. Yeah, he would. Okay, who else okay, you got? My next choice is this is a late lunch money theft because what happens a lot of times in Hollywood is that two roads diverge in a wood in the kids' bop years, in the Disney years, in the early 20s. But I actually think this is something that is in real time happening right now. And that is, and this is even sadder because it's happening between good friends. And mm. that is Pedro Pascal is stealing the lunch money of one Oscar Isaac. Oh, man. I was searching my head of like, who is she about to say? But you're exactly right. <laughs> Listen, and Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaac, they meet in 2005. They both worked on an off-Broadway play in 2005 called The Beauty of the Father. Okay. And Pedro Pascal went to NYU. Oscar Isaac went to Juilliard. So there's already like a built-in sure. rivalry. But they're like, look at us. We There are not many roles for guys like us. So yeah. let's just support each other. And they do. And Pedro was acting steadily on TV, mostly on this. His, his TV, IMDb, is a cluster of crime procedurals. <laughs> He's on CSI, Without a Trace, Law & Order OG, Law & Order SVU. Law and Order Criminal Intent twice as two different characters. Like, uh, his first big break comes in 2014 at age 39. Truly, like, he is a late-in-life bloomer in Hollywood. And 
you know, funny, people will say, oh, Game of Thrones. Yes, of course, he's so hot. And Game of Thrones, I wish he still had that robe and would just wear it sometimes on Instagram. Yeah. But I actually fell for him on The Mentalist the same year because I was the one person watching The Mentalist on Wow, big on crossover CBS. audience there. Big That's Venn right. diagram. <laughs> he was hey, and credit to you killer. for not talking about his big spear in Game of Thrones oh and the way he flung that thing gosh, around. So credit to you for me. not sexualizing that. Oh, my yep. God. Good job. Okay. <laughs> so, and then, of course, he goes, hey, listen, he is the best part of Narcos. I started rewatching yeah. it just as yeah. a revisit. I'm like, oh, let's go back and see Pedro because he's very hot in that. And then, of course, he gets the Mandalorian. He actually is the only thing I thought that made the book of Boba Fett worth it. Well, right. Yeah. And then, of course, he plays Joel Miller in The Last of Us. Now, Oscar Isaac has a much bigger approach to the screen and he like he kind of lands with a splash right because he gets to be in um he gets to be joseph in the nativity story remember that movie like did you remember that he was joseph I did not know that yes okay but he what he really does is he ends up being inside lewin davis 2013 it gets him a golden globe nomination and then from there it's just ex machina it's x-men it's uh he gets to be poe dameron which is the best way to be in a Star Wars trilogy mm -hmm. is to be kind of the supporting character, the Han Solo kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and then Annihilation, Dune, weirdly the card counter, which I liked. I think we talked about it. Like I liked the card counter. Yeah. Um, and then he was in Moon Knight, your green light. And, mm -hmm. uh, but here's the thing. If you look now, Pedro owns so many things. All of the real estate is owned by him. He's like, Oh, am I lovable with a puppet? Yes. Am I lovable with a tiny Bella Ramsey? Yep. Like, am I uh, fun to watch eat boned meat yeah. on Hot Ones? Yes. He owns TikTok. He has four movies coming out. He has a movie coming out with Willem Dafoe, David Harbour, Ben Mendelsohn, and Walter Goggins. And then Oscar is dead in Dune. Spoiler. He mm. was great in Moon Knight. I, like, really loved him in that. But his con he even said, well, that Marvel has not asked me to do anything else. So, yeah. That's it for that. And so, I mean, and Oscar Isaac has stuff coming up and he has a lovely life. But I think Pedro Pascal was just like, I'm going to see so hard on this and I'm going to do every bit of press. Because Oscar Isaac has famously said, like, he gets tired of press. And Pedro Pascal, he stops at every corner. He talks to every person. And I think that's the benefit of coming to that kind of success later in life, that you're willing, you're not weathered by all the things that Hollywood requires of you. You're just like, I'm happy to be here. Because yeah. I didn't think I would be here. And I'm just happy to be working. And if you like me, like, that's amazing. And I'll work every red carpet. I'll go to I'll go to the Oscars and present. I'll show up to everything. But not in a way that you get tired of me. But in yeah. a way that you're like, here's another clip that you can put <laughs> in an edit on TikTok. How you like it. How you yeah, like it. Yeah, that perspective is invaluable. And I think I, it feels like they are – I'll be curious to watch them – you know, because obviously Oscar Isaac had his, not that he's like done now, but no. um, where he was kind of grabbing everything, right? Where he had the yeah. lunch money. And then Pedro Pascal has it now. And so now they're on equal footing. I'm yes. interested to see where it goes from here because I think you could talk me into Pedro Pascal's more everyman, more um, approachable, more realistic. And Oscar Isaac feels more polished, more uh, almost like when you want some distance with your movie star, it's Oscar Isaac. But when you want yes. some like, uh, you know, it's like a like a Tesla versus a Ford, you know, Yeah. I recognize I know Pedro Pascal. I don't really know the Tesla guy. You know what I mean? That's so right. I'll be interested to see what direction they go in and who takes it back. You know, if I was at a like if I was at the Hudson News at the airport and I saw Oscar Isaac, I would not even get close to him. 
But if I saw Pedro Pascal, I would walk up to the back of him and take a big whiff. I'd just be like, <laughs> what do you smell like? You know, I would just, and I would yeah. feel like if he turned around, I'd be like, hi. <laughs> and it would be not weird. He'd be like, and he would you smell me? He would engage. Yeah. 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 And then we'd make like, out like and it'd be fine. And they'd ask us to leave that Hudson News and it'd be fine. He's like, do you want to know what Baby Yoda smells like? Because I smell him, you know? And it would just be a lovely conversation. It would be you know? wonderful. Meanwhile, Oscar Isaac sniffing your armpit. And you're like, hey, I'm not Jessica Chastain. We don't do that here. You know what's okay. so funny? Like, I look back on that, that red carpet with Jessica Chastain. And I do look back at that and go, that was a mistake. Yeah, it was you're a married. Mistake. He's married. They're both yeah. married. And I get that she was like, please don't smell. Like, because I, I don't think she was into it either. She yeah. was like, ha, ha, ha. Mm. And I think he just thought, I'll be your Latin lover. And it was like, no. We'll just we'll just like play it out and see. Sometimes you, you just want to have that rehearsed. And here's like, I'll just like spice to take. I just think sniffing people and like in public, it's not a good move. It's not a smart move. You know, soft putting. Well, you've got to be casual about it. You can't, you can't sniff someone's armpit in front of a row of photographers. No, if you theatrically sniff someone, you're not going to, it's no good vibes. All bad vibes. All bad in vibes. Situation. Um, okay. Another one I had was, um, this one was interesting. Like, low stakes interesting okay okay uh it's john krasinski versus zachary levi okay <laughs> i think this is again low stakes this is not like defining franchises or anything but i think there is a uh you know sometimes uh if you and i know you're a big fan of like uh boxing matches and mma fights you know oh my gosh every and night watch them some like of those opening court. fights like uh, uh some sometimes they're the most savage you know no one's really paying attention they're not getting any attention uh-huh. but they are are the most savage fights they are much more savage than like the main event that's kind of what i feel like this is just a really like boots to the ground tooth and nail kind of fight um you know them from obviously zachary levi was in chuck and was flynn rider entangled most recently shazam john krasinski is jim from the office jack ryan amazon and uh, he, really, he's he's I, I'm trying to think about this on the run. He's one J name short of the white guy, J name bingo, because he's oh. Jim from the office, Jack Ryan in the Jack Ryan stuff. And I think he just needs he needs a Jeff. He needs a Jeff. So he needs to be like the Jeff Chaucer biopic or the Jeff Foxworthy biopic. And he's got like the whole bingo that he can sound, but just very approachable kind of tall, gangly white guys. Yes. Um, I think you know, they, he was uh, Jack. In, but that's still Jack. No, yeah. he was John, Jack in 13 Hours, you know, the movie that I weirdly am obsessed with. Yeah, yeah, you are. But I mean, yeah. but okay, and that's part of it. I'm glad you brought that up because we'll come back to that. And I think that's a, a crucial difference between the two. They, I, I think, you know, beyond being kind of um, similar to the Keaton Hanks kind of platonically handsome, I think they're, they both like are modern catnip to white women who were vain about, like, prioritizing personality over physicality, you know? Like, these are the people that they really default to. Are you coming for our jugulars today? <laughs> no, no. How dare you? They're just, they built their own personality about, like, how they don't care about muscles and six-packs. They care about, like, you know, um, like, smirks and... Uh, listen, you know, I'm taking it back care. for white women everywhere. I care about muscles and sure. I care about size, of yeah. all things. Listen, we contain multitudes. It's okay. Right. Everybody can have their own thing. Um, where do we see, like, the lunch money battle? I think, you know, uh, Zachary Levi, he has Chuck in 2007, 2012. It's critically acclaimed. Has a bit of a cult following. It's a, it's a, it's a deal. It's not a big deal, but it is a deal. I did love Chuck. I did. Yeah, it, it, it was solid. Um, he parlays this into Tangled uh, and a bit kind of side door into Thor, which I think is probably the fatal flaw. You know, the Chekhov's flaw. We'll come back to. Uh, he's also in Miss Maisel, and he gets Shazam, which is secretly like was was a really good movie and kind of a, a surprise uh, on the DC side. John Krasinski, he is um, uh, The Office, obviously. He parlays this into Aloha, which sucks. Then he goes 13 hours. Then he goes A Quiet Place. Then he goes Jack Ryan. And then he does, like, for eight episodes back in the pandemic, some good news. Do you remember that? 
Like you did some good news. <gasps> oh, yeah. They sold what it. Do you, yes. You know what happened to some good news? It's Nothing. not anywhere, right? They didn't do anything with it. You know he why? just made cash. Be- there's no money in positivity. There's no money in good news. No one wants no. that. No, we want So remember that when you're watching cable news or scrolling social media, there's no incentive to share good news. It's only bad Nobody's bad clicking news. on the cat who saved the baby. They're clicking no. on the cat that killed the baby. Well, cats, yeah, cats don't save babies. That's just, a, that's a lie. You know, like oh, they yeah, wouldn't do fair, that. They fair, would fair, kill fair, a baby fair. though. So why has John Krasinski taken the lunch money from Zachary Levi? Because I think Zachary Levi was probably poised to have the kind of um, good guy, attractive, I, I don't want to say like quirky, kind of fun dude, uh, counter, counter beta male kind of role to all like the the big beefy dudes. I think he yeah. was poised to, to, to have that. I think... Uh, the obvious answer is The Office was so much of a bigger deal than Chuck. Just so much. You know, had double the episodes. It was more fresh in our minds. But I think more than anything, John Krasinski doesn't get tangled up in that franchise stuff. Whereas Zachary Levi gets tangled up in Thor. And not good Thor. It's bad Thor. And he's not even like point of reference. He's just like, is that Zachary Levi? Is that Idris Elba? I don't know. We didn't get to spend time with either of them. You know? That's right. Because you do think like, and he he kicks it really yeah. early on in a later Thor. And you're like, why did you even agree to this? Maybe, I mean, I guess he thought if I just say yes to this small thing, that I'll become a bigger thing in the MCU, which again, why are, they're not going to let a scientist then become the flash. Like that's not, not and I know that's not MCU. Yeah. Just like, ignore all my crossover. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's at Jamie golden on social <laughs> media. It, you can educate her on how the hierarchies work. But I think uh, you mentioned 13 hours. I think, you know, John Krasinski, I, I saw he auditioned for Captain America, which is utterly hilarious, honestly, versus where they landed with Chris Evans. Uh, and, and, you know, he's bizarre Reed Richards uh, in the Doctor Strange uh, sequel, um, but he's not tied to any kind of franchise besides like A Quiet Place, but that's original. But I think what he did, uh, the key thing that separated them and differentiated them was John Krasinski went from Jim on The Office to I'm, I'm a physical guy. I got muscles. Yeah. I go bang, bang, shoot, shoot, punch, punch. Right. I eat you know, chicken. I do 13 hours. I do yeah. Jack Ryan. I'm smart. I'm espionage adjacent, and I can punch you in the face. And Zachary Levi never did that. He never defined himself. I think the defining aspect of Zachary Levi is I'm tall like a tree monologue on Ms. Maisel, which is 100% true, incredible and funny, but that's all he is, right? So he never really um, carved out a place for himself beyond like Shazam, and that's not done well. So um, I think that's, this is one, you know, for keeping tabs on all these, this is one of those that's tipped, and I don't know that it can tip backwards towards Zachary Levi. No, I don't think it can, and I think one of the key factors, weirdly, is, you know, Zachary Levi has been married once for less than six months, and then yep. there was no mention of that ever again. Right. Like, why did they break up? What happened to the, why would you divorce after six months? That seems really s- sketchy. And then, of course, Jack, John Krasinski, he marries up in maybe one of the most fantastical ways yeah. in history. When his hair was still the uh, brushed forward, he managed to snag Emily Blunt. Like, yeah. And I think she elevated everything, too. She was like, we're going to be better. Like, we're yeah. going to be more interesting and sexier than anyone ever anticipated. And so I it's think— viability. It's, it's, it's viability. It's 100% viability. And, and a lot of these, what we're talking about is just the um, residue of viability gets you one extra roll, gets you one extra yeah. shot, one extra lottery ticket, and that's all it takes to steal the lunch money. So I think that's a great point. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture-themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2-Dust2 in honor of this most 
holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Uh, Jamie, do you have one more? I have uh, one more, and it is my favorite, because I like how, and sometimes, like, in the story earlier, you know, my lunch money being stolen ended up opening up another door that sent me down a different path, but let me tell you about these two. Amanda Seyfried, she starts on teen, she starts as a teen on soap operas, she's on Veronica Mars, she's on Big Love, you know her from Mamma Mia, Dear John, Les Mis, Mank, The Dropout, right? Has this crazy career. And the reason she has this crazy career is because out of the gate, she steals the lunch money from Blake Lively. Mm. And, he, and it is on the movie Mean Girls. It comes down to Amanda and Blake for the role of, weirdly, it, Amanda thought she was getting the job of Regina. She flew oh. in. She was like, I was auditioning for Regina the whole time. So Lindsay Lohan's already been cast, right? She's Katie. You've got Gretchen Wieners already, Lacey Charbet. And then... It, they bring in Amanda to do the role of Regina and they bring in Lake, Blake to do Karen. And the producers, the casting director was like, this is it. This is the group. This is the group. And then Lauren Michaels watches back the tape and he's like, no, like Amanda Seyfried is Karen. Like, I promise you, she wow. can play Karen better than she can play Regina. And Blake Lively is not good. Not See, okay. I, if it's me, I think uh, Blake Lively's too hot to be the marginalized friend. Well, you have to remember, this is before um, – guys, just go back and watch the first uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and you'll see Blake Lively's original face because it is not the same face she has now, which if you can make your face better with a couple of tweaks, I am very pro. Whatever, sure. But that's a different-nosed person than we know today. I'm right? not saying this from my perspective. I'm just generally representing the male perspective. That's still right. good to go. Still, it was that's still right. A-OK thumbs up. Not me. Again, that's not my right. perspective. I'm just saying I've heard my sources tell me, so, basically. Well, so Blake Lively gets uh, to be the soccer player in Traveling uh, Pants, and then she gets Traveling Pants too, And then it's, and she gets Gossip Girl, which again, she that's when she gets her new nose. She gets Gossip Girl. She's stunning, sure. right? But because of the Mean Girls, Amanda gets Nine Lives, which 
is a, is a pretty good film, but it's a huge ensemble. It gets a lot of press. It gets a lot of attention, which then means she gets Mamma Mia. And that leads to Dear John, which isn't a great film. But in no. terms of Nicholas Sparks, people were watching every Nicholas Sparks adaptation at that point. Yeah. It's that notebook effect. You That's know? right. And she gets Dear John, which gets her Les Mis. Okay. But Blake's bad choices of just doing the first one and the second one of the pants, right? Yeah. And staying on a TV show that's good, but not if you watch it back, everybody's going to remember Gossip Girl as being amazing. But I've watched a season back and I'm like, oh, this does not hold up. <laughs> like Chuck Mass is still great, but the rest of y'all are a situation. But Blake leads her to Green Hornet, a horrific a Tough. genuinely horrific film. But where does she, who does she meet on that side? She, she meets, does get married. She yeah. meets Ryan Reynolds. They go on a double date with other people. They were not yeah. on a double date together. They realize at the table how much they like each other and not their dates. They wow. fall in love. And then they have four children in eight years. Four a children. Lot of kids in a short amount of time. That's a, that's a thing. And so she makes a decision as an actress. And so it's not only Amanda stole her lunch money, but also her children stole her lunch money. Mm, do you know what I mean? Because okay. eight, because the, the difference too is Amanda Seyfried. Do you know who Amanda Seyfried's married to? You do. I do. I don't. Thomas Sadowski from Newsroom. Oh, for real? Yes. And they have two children. But here's the benefit. When when, uh, Blake Lively marries Ryan Reynolds, she's making a decision about her career, which is, I want to have a lot of babies with this man, and they are going to be the hottest babies, and they'll all be featured in Taylor Swift songs at some point in their lives, which is pretty pretty fantastic. But the problem is, he's not going to stop his career. He is... He is... He is a prolific guy. Up. Prolific guy. Gonna make and wants to buy like a he wants to buy a football team. You know, like he wants to do all these things. And what happens to <laughs> what happens to Amanda Seifert is she marries Thomas Sadowski, who's like, I don't have to work. That's yeah. it. I'll be a stay-at-home dad. Like, I'll work sometimes. He's like, I'll 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 be the cucked guy in uh the Reese Witherspoon Cheryl Strayed movie. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, you know, that sounds I'll like amazing. Check. Like you go be you and you go be yeah. hugely successful. And that actually enables her. To, cause she, cause listen, Blake Lively recently was cast in It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, a beloved yeah, book, yeah. right? Which every reader of It Ends With Us thought was the worst casting ever. Oh, um, no. Amanda Seyfried didn't even audition for that because she went, I'm not 23. But Blake Lively was like, I can be 23. Do you need me to be 23? Wow. Like, I can do it. So that doesn't make sense. Amanda, instead, she's like, what author could I form a partnership with well she's going to be in the next movie co-written by taylor jenkins reed uh called my ex-friend's wedding co-written with Kay cannon co-starring ariana debose chloe Feynman, and oh, megan wow. stalter so these two women who are the same age they're 37 they're in their late 30s what has happened is it's just it's it's really amanda chose to hire to marry someone less hot and less talented Mm. So it ended up being in her favor in terms of her own career. Yeah. You got the hot guy who just keeps selling stuff for billions of dollars to other people, or you have the stable career. You can't have both, I guess. You can't have both. You, you know, both. I asked ChatGPT while you were talking. I was like, what are Blake Lively's best movies? Okay. And a this simple is favor. Well, that's on the list. That is on. Actually, it's, yeah, yeah. That's on the list. And okay. this is this is artificial intelligence. They have no bias. You know? They're not like, I'm a huge Gossip Girl fan, so I'm going to like <laughs> overexpose this. Okay. Um, ChatGPT says, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, number one. The town, good, number two. 
Yeah, those are those are both. She good. doesn't I, make the town great. She's though. effective in the town. Okay. Uh, a simple favor. There you go. That's and that's legit great. She's great in it too. Uh, the Shallows. The Shallows is a great film. Uh, the Private Lives of Pippa Lee. Now you lost me. You did lose Chat me. Chat GPT, you're losing. <laughs> and listen, A Simple Favor is a great film that was made over five years ago. That's yeah. the last good film that she's only made one other film. Listen, she's going to be in a film. You know what her thing is? She's like, I want to be a person that a weird thing has happened to. Yeah. And then there's a murder. Oh, That's like yeah, the age yeah. of Adeline, the one where she can't see, the one where she can't hear. Yeah. And now she's going to be one. The one where she gets like the short black haircut and she wants to kill people with Jude Law or against Jude Law. That's fun. I don't know why she keeps doing these weird like outlier films because you know why she's doing them? Because she's like, I've got 40 days. That's how long uh, baby baby Ryan has given me to be away from the house is 40 (laughs) days. So whatever we can make in 40 days, we have to make that film. I, I don't know if I if I'm biased here, but I feel like she is a better actress than uh, Amanda Seyfried. But I feel like Amanda Seyfried has made smarter decisions. And listen, sometimes that's all it is. Like sometimes mm. it's not about because I think for us at the podcast for a long time we didn't take breaks, and people really would get mad. Like colleagues and peers would get mad at us for not taking breaks, and now we do. But we're really intentional about it, and and we really didn't do it until we had staff. But I always go back to it wasn't that we were necessarily always more talented than other peers. It was just that we were willing to work genuinely as hard as we had to yeah. for years to get it. So we were willing to work nights, work weekends. Like we were willing to make all kinds of content all the time. And I think sometimes that is what it is. It's not about always your talent. It's always yeah. like guy rise ask, is it talent or is it luck? And it's like, sometimes it's hard. It's just showing up. Yeah, and sometimes relentlessness can uh, hedge against some other deficiencies. That's you know? right. That's right. Um, okay, my last one is, this is a little bit of a, a thinker, but I feel like there's some really interesting data here. So uh, I, I, I beg the, the court's indulgence. Um, this is interesting black leading male actors have stolen the lunch money of interesting white leading male actors. Oh, okay. okay. Now here's what, I'm, here's what I'm saying. Like Here's who I am picturing and thinking of when I say that. Okay, you've got... Winston Duke, Michael B. Jordan, Lakey Stanfield, Daniel Kalia, Brian Tyree Henry, Reggie John Page, Stephen James, Donald Glover, Tyler James Williams, Jonathan Majors, Wolf, John David Washington, John Bodega, Aldous Hodge, John David Washington. There's many more. God, but that's those such are the, a good those list. Are, it's a great list, isn't it? We couldn't now, have if, even made a list like that in the aughts. No, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Yeah. And if I said, well, let's put together a list that is uh, competitive with that from leading white actors, you'd be hard pressed <laughs> to do that. Jesse right Plemons. <laughs> that's that's all I can think of. That is, he's good, but is he good enough to beat all those other guys? No, he's I don't not. Think so. No, he's not. Now, why is this the case? What what's the theory here? So, uh, for me, I think the ascendance of superhero movies and super franchise IP, you know, that pre-existing stuff that's highly recognizable, because that has ascended and escalated, uh, and because you know, Marvel movies are predominantly white, so all those roles have been populated by white actors, and I would also say Marvel movies are predominantly staffed by white decision makers, okay? Same for Star Wars, same for DC. You know, there are some exceptions, obviously, but largely, broadly speaking, I think that's true. So we've got all these franchise, IP, long contract legs lifted on white actors and white creatives, okay? And even more, I think what all these IP and these movies and these uh, uh, IP properties are prioritizing 
isn't like great acting. It's just, do you have the leading man look? Okay. Yes. Do you have a strong chin, strong jawline? Do you have abs? Do you have a handsome face? Do you have a lot of is symmetry. Your, is your name Chris? Good. Right. Let's go. They're not like, did you graduate from Juilliard? Um, are you like, can you cry on cue? Just one crocodile tear? They don't care about that. It's just like, do you hot? Do you hot? <laughs> Here's your job. Okay. Now, Adam Driver is Kyle Ren's the exception here, but it proves a rule. So why is this important? Well, I think because of this, it leads to a vacuum that needs to be filled in the area of non-superhero uh, non-super franchise IP um, during a content boom, right? We have the streaming wars. Everyone's looking for movies. Everyone's looking for TV shows. Everyone's looking for content. And we have all these white people committed to Star Wars Infinity or right. Guardians of the Galaxy 15. Um, so it's a classic opportunity of supply and demand, right? Big supply of talented black actors and creatives matched with a huge demand of content. Uh, of, of content. It doesn't explain why interesting lead black actors have stolen the lunch money of interesting lead white actors, though, until... You think about how because this move, the movie landscape and the TV landscape has tilted uh, adversely towards superhero super franchise IP model, it's choked out this middle class, low budget territory where typically a lot of the untraditional white leading guy types have thrived and developed their craft. Okay, like maybe they didn't start out like I'm definitely gonna be a leading guy, but they got some movies under their belts where they could be. Uh, positioned for that. So I'm thinking of like Ethan Hawke, okay, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Michael Sarah, Jack Black, Adam Sandler, Paul Giamatti, all these kind of guys, you wouldn't look at them and think they can lead something. But because we get reps with them in indie stuff or like off-center stuff, now they've, they've got some like commercial viability with us. So because this, you know, part of like the creative content ecosystems collapsed, we really have no middle class of interesting white dudes. All of the buff leading man white dude types are committed and not only are they committed, they are, they're, they're committed, they're spoken for, and they are doing this stuff that artistically sucks, right? Right. It's dialogue that sucks in service to a story that sucks, not like as a commentary on comic books, but it's just not highbrow stuff, right? And, you know, uh, I think the unintended consequence of that is you've got like a guy, I don't know, like Chris Evans. I think he probably in a vacuum could be a really good actor, but he spent like the better part of a decade, you know, monologuing about like the Sokovia Accords. And why, like, teamwork's important and how he's the people's butt. And, and that, that in no way. <laughs> I, I respect that. But you're right. You're right. It's work. It's something. But when you, you say, like, how did you spend your 10 years, Chris Evans? You look at that. And then you look at Daniel Kaluuya. And you're like, okay, so you did Get Out. You did uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. And you did Nope. Like, these are completely different experiences. So these guys are getting. So, you, like, these Lakey Stanfields, uh, Aldous Hodge, they're getting all these creative reps. And... Because the industry has rightly pivoted towards we need more diverse stories, not just like in Legally Blonde 4, we need a couple more black people. But they're like, no, let's just tell like more diverse stories and let's let's tap these diverse filmmakers to tell these stories. Obviously, that'll be populated by some of these uh, diverse uh, cast members. So you're getting this boom and bust in content, which stands in such stark contrast to Captain America 6 and Bucky. And you get these really interesting creative roles that are giving these guys reps and giving these guys exposure. And they, I, I, it feels like a, like a supernova on screen versus, you know, Ant-Man in Quantumania when you're like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know what I'm looking at here. You know, no, you're exactly right, because you think about Daniel Kaluuya, who is instead of like Chris uh, Evans, who is acting opposite a tennis ball on a stick mm-hmm. in front of a green screen, trying to act with this this alien or whatever the case may be. And you have Daniel Kaluuya sitting across from Jodie Turner-Smith in Queen and Slim. Yeah. And you're also acting with other people who are really just hungry and dedicated to the art, 
more than just, and it's not that you can't be a great actor. I think, you know, I stand by that Scarlett Johansson is the, the rarity yeah. that can be great in superhero films. And then, but what she does is she's like, I'll work for scale to work on this film. You don't have to pay me $10 million. Yeah. You have to pay me $200 and I will be in Marriage Story. I will yeah. be, I will come and be in these roles. I'll be in Georgia Rabbit. Small. I'll do this because That's this right. is important for my skill set where I don't That's think right. maybe the long view has been taken with some of these other dudes. So instead, we have just this this roster of incredible actors that are completely stealing the lunch money of any interesting white actor. Like it's the worst time in the world to be Glenn Powell because I feel like in another age, oh. he would be king of the world. But now like, I mean, I, there's no reason to cast him when you can go down like a roster like this. That's you right. Know? That's it's right. It's really interesting. That's good. Um, okay, let's go now and talk about, uh, you know, we talked about like what's happened. Jamie, do you have something like you want to predict or maybe something that you think will have its lunch money stolen? Yes. And this is unhinged. Please know that. Okay. And here's <laughs> what happened to me. Jennifer Garner imprinted on me with Sydney Bristow from Alias and Jenna Rink from 13 Going on 30. Now, listen, her lunch money has been stolen many times in many ways. First, by her actual children, Violet, Serafina, yeah. and Sam. As is the case in many women's professional industries, uh, children are resume thieves, right? Because often the burden is put on the woman to raise children and be present, right? Then her lunch money was stolen by her actual agent and manager because they tried to make her into an every woman. Oh, she can be a best friend. She can be a spy. She can be a superhero, a doctor, a mom. And she doesn't really, she's not really great at any of them. Like she's really not dynamic in any of those roles. And then in come three women. Nepo baby Gwyneth Paltrow, same age. Do I think Jennifer Garner could have been on Glee? Yes. Could she have been dying on Contagion? Yes. Yeah. You know, Jen started a baby food company, you know, very successful. But Goop, which is mostly illogical, stole all that lunch money and was like, bone broth for babies. And then you have Nepo wife, Leslie Mann. Do I think Jennifer Garner could have been in The Friend and Knocked Up or oh, in wow. Funny People or the wife to Paul Rudd in This Is 40? Absolutely. But... Her husband, Ben Affleck, was making Gone Baby Gone and the town in Argo, and there was no place for her like there was for Leslie Mann in Judd Apatow movies, right? And then the third woman is Kristen Wiig. Now, Kristen mm. Wiig is a comedic, like, all-star, right? I don't think that they can compare in that sense, but I do think I do think Jennifer Garner's best role ever is 13 going on 30, because mm. I do think when she's fully invested in the comic elements of a film, that's when she succeeds. They are the exact same age. Would you like to know? And they, they star in one of their first films in the same year, 2003. Now, same age, 2003, Jennifer Garner has, has 16 movie credits since 2003. Kristen Wiig has, ready? 49 credits since 2003. Whoa. And I feel like she's not worked much in like the last two, three years. She hasn't because she waited. What did she do? What did she do? She waited to have her kids until she was 46 years old. Also, she, she was the weird villain in Wonder Woman 2. And it just was weird. It was, <sighs> it was weird. So it, weird. It, and it, I'm not listen. saying all those credits are good. Like, be clear. Not all those credits are good. But sometimes, like you always talk about, like sometimes it's at bats, right? Like yeah. sometimes how often can you just show up? And again, what you just talked about, it's all about reps. And then, of course, that nanny and that SNL producer stole her sure. husband lunch money, yeah. right? So it's time for her to steal. And I think that she can steal the lunch money of one Jada de la Rentas, all right? Oh, okay. Jennifer Garner has a pretend cooking show that people freaking love. And let me tell you who people don't love. Jada de la Rentas. Okay, first of all, Jada named her daughter Jade, which is literally just Italian for like Jada. Jade in Italian is Jada. 
Can't do I that. don't think anyone should be named after their parent. I know I that agree. you were named after your dad. <laughs> no, no, no. First name, but I don't go by first, that name. But you don't go by Family that name. name. I don't think you should go by that name. Yeah. Um, so I think she should be punished for that. Uh, Jada does not, famously, all of the people who've worked on her show have confirmed she does not eat any of the food she makes. What? She, she puts it in her mouth, chews it for the camera, spit bucket on the side. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, guys. Let's normalize that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then on Ellen... Uh, remember, I don't know if you remember this. Jada did a cooking segment on Ellen. Nicole Kidman was the superstar. Nicole Kidman turned to Jada as she's eating this focaccia and she's like, it's a little tough. I know you're not meant to criticize, but it's a little tough. And then spit it out into a, into a napkin. Whoa. Spit it out. And then of course there's the Bobby Flay, like, you know, mystery rumors, affairs, whatever. But my favorite Bobby Flay story of Jada is that, uh, famously, they ended up losing Iron Chef America to Rachel Ray and Mario Batali. <laughs> and then she said, this is her direct quote. She said, I didn't speak to Bobby Flay for eight months because he had the audacity to just laugh it off and take it in stride. What? That's a that's a cuckoo person. That's a cuckoo person. She didn't speak to him for eight months. Jeez, man. Because they lost a, a fake TV show. And anyway, of course, and of course, the main reason I want Jada's lunch money stolen is because... According to Delish, she starts every day for breakfast with a bowl of brown rice topped with olive oil and salt. Uh, I mean, honestly, that sounds pretty good. I'm not going to lie. That does Have you ever good. had a waffle? Have you ever had a piece of bacon? I do. I like have those things ever, too. Have you ever had Captain Crunch? I'm I love just saying, all she, this is what she eats every day of her life. Is she to be trusted in, in matters of deliciousness? I don't know that she no, is. No, I don't think Jada can be trusted. So that's why I say Jen, Jennifer Garner should be... The new Jada de la Rentas. We got to fix Jennifer. We got to figure it out. I don't know if this is it. Like, whatever it is, we got to figure it out. Yeah, because, like, on the side, I've loved her forever. But um, she is the weakest link of Party Down. (gasps) Not true. Take it back. Right now. Take it back. Adam Scott is carrying her on his back. Listen, I just continue to love the most recent episode where Jane Lynch keeps saying the F word out of stress and duress. God, it's a miracle. It's too good. It is my miracle. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to hold on to it. Um, Okay. The the thing that I think uh, will have... It's lunch money. Someone, I think we're actually watching it. We are in oh, okay. the middle of this. Okay, we're <gasps> okay. middle of the story, and it is uh, it's it's BK. It is Burger King is having uh, their lunch money stolen. Um, and uh, so I'll honestly, you could even call it like uh, having their lunch money like relegated. You know, okay. because I think I'm gonna speak broadly here. Here in the South, you know, my neck of the woods, where, where I have experience in terms of mass available fast food burger chains, I feel like it's pretty much been McDonald's. Burger King, Wendy's, and Sonic. Okay, that's yes. kind of what it was for for a few decades, and then maybe about twenty years ago, it went McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Sonic. Okay, okay. I don't know, but honestly, I don't know the timeline of Sonic. That could have been invented like ten years ago. I'm not sure, but th- that was the top three, right? Wendy's yeah. supplanted Burger King, but now Burger King is about to get outpaced by Sonic. Not because of anything Sonic is doing, mind you. I went there the other night. <laughs> to get the kids slushes they were like we want slushes and i was like okay great great excuse for me to go down the road and just listen to podcasts and get some slushes right i waited at the window for 25 minutes yeah you did. okay for three slushes jamie two blue raspberry and a grape were you okay? in the drive-thru window or uh, like a slot okay yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna get stuck at a slot okay like you're gonna have to speak to me traffic wanna, will dictate that. and i do just want to speak for the record you only go to the drive-thru if you're getting drinks you cannot get food through the drive-thru at a sonic you have to pull into a spot to get food from the drive-thru no i will go i, I control no. my destiny <laughs> traffic will ensure that you will speak to me i'm not gonna just stare at a screen at a drive-thru slot that's ridiculous okay uh-huh. But so so 
two blue raspberry, one grape slush. You know, not difficult drinks. I'm not saying no. I know what like how slushes go, but I, I feel like it's not that difficult. It's not worth 25 minutes. Um, and finally, a guy comes to the window and hands me three chili dogs. Okay, <laughs> he says, "Have a great night." And, <laughs> and I, I held him for a second. I was like, "Wait, what did I do?" It's because it has been a long time. You took them. You took no, them I, from well, him. He's handing them to me, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So I hold him there in the window, and I say. No, we ordered slushes, and these are chili dogs. And he goes, you ordered chili dogs? And I said, no, I ordered slushes. He goes, yeah. And I, I stopped, and I was like, am I having a stroke right now? Like, <laughs> what, am I doing this wrong? So eventually I get the slushes. So all that to say, Sonic is not like, uh, you know, like really knocking it over. They're not like the, yeah. this uh, uh, next level uh, restaurant company. It's because of how bad Burger King is getting. And you know this is happening because they have committed so many dollars to uh, advertising and marketing. I know your purse commercial, so you don't, you're not aware of what's no, going on right is now. That, are they putting out a lot of commercial? There, there is a earworm. I, I, I almost don't even want to say it because if I say it, people will get a suck of their ear and they will be mad at me. But I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper. <laughs> They've played this year round. That's not a thing. F- that, yes, it is. It's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper. It's all you hear at BK Have It Your Way. Meanwhile, this is still the place where Robert Downey Jr. hit rock bottom because he ate a burger at Burger King and like bit into a Band-Aid and was like, I need to get my life in order. And that's how he became Iron Man. Okay. (laughs) They're still doing that. They're spending all this marketing money. And this still looks like the set. the, the, The restaurant looks like the setting of a true crime podcast, you know, the original crime that animates this true crime podcast. And I just don't understand like what's going on. So it, these commercials are, are just like a bandaid on a decapitation. It's, I don't know why they're doing it, but we're watching them get supplanted by, uh, by Sonic and other. No, for sure. Podcasts. Listen, I think what did it for Sonic was adding that pretzel stick. That thing oh is God, delicious. so good. Ah! It's so good. Okay. It's not a chili dog though. Um, okay. There, I had some also rans. Of uh, okay. potentials that I considered, I'll Let's just hear toss it. them out. No, I want to hear know, it. We, do, we don't really have time to talk about them. Uh, I had James Marsden uh, stole lunch, or Chris Pine stole James Marsden's lunch money. God, yes. I had Lindsay Lohan was stolen uh, by Emma Stone. Uh, Emma, Stone, listen, stole, Emma Stone has stolen a lot of people's. Uh, yeah, like a yeah. lot of folks. I, yeah. I don't even know if that's the best one for Emma Stone, but I feel like she's in the mix with a lot of people. Yeah, uh, Steve Buscemi stole Willem Dafoe's. Uh, oh. Jesse Plemons stole Dom, Dong Nol Gleason's. Uh, Philip C. Moore Hoffman, John C. Riley, maybe back and forth. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Fast, uh, Bradley Cooper stole Michael Fastbender, Fastbender's lunch money. Michael Sarah was stolen by Jesse Eisenberg. And then I, I would say probably the easiest one is The Rock stole Vin Diesel's lunch money, right? Oh, easy. Yeah. He's just like and nice, Vin charismatic. Has never and forgotten it. Has never yeah. forgotten it. Vin Diesel just looks like a giant, tatted up baby. He just always has, you know, and The Rock does it. Maybe so Twin wins. Diesel would have done better. Don't God, forget, he has a twin brother. Twin so Diesel. I just, that's, a, that's an album name. That's a band. <laughs> that's a pot. It's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something, you know. Um, okay, well, that's our conversation on Soul and Lunch Monies. Uh, if you thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Actually, I'm at com slash 498. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right, what is your red light this week? Okay, my red light this week is Rapid Red Light. Here we go. First of all, red light to him for rolling his eyes at me. Very frustrating. Snag their cherries. Where? Where many of you lost your virginity. Church. That's oh, what did it. That's what so did much it. I don't like about that statement. Rapid red light. You know what we don't need? Another 72-year-old dad at a high school graduation. Knox, we don't have time to explain this to you. And you don't really want to know. Rapid red light. Rapid red light. 
like to me, because every time a celebrity I love dies, I think of two celebrities I wish had died instead. Good luck to the internet for making this viral. We don't have time to explain this I to you. And you don't really want to know. Red light to Dwayne The Rock Johnson threatening to pummel Zachary the Chuck Levi. That's not a fair fight. Plus, it's a fight over very mediocre movies. We talked about it in detail in The More You Know. Second red light. Red light to me for underestimating the power of 21 Jump Street because allegedly it cured Kanye's anti-Semitism. What do you, what do you, what do you think 22 Jump Street cures? Like homophobia? Racism? Wow. One keep, can only hope. Let's keep watching, y'all. Okay, third. Red light to Jim Toth, husband of Reese Witherspoon. Listen, she announced that they were getting divorced the week of her birthday and two days before their anniversary. How much does she loathe him? She sits in that hello sunshine and she's like, I should be on a boat in Tahiti. But because you lost $100 million of our money to launch Quibi that lasted for seven months, I got to still keep reading books like an a-hole so I can find something to adapt. Like, how chaotic is that? Fourth, red light to Jan, my mom, because she keeps calling it STD state. And I yeah. can't tell if it's on purpose or not. I can see why she's angry with them, but she yeah. does keep calling it STD. They play good defense, man. They play good defense. Oh, no. Fifth, red light to Olivia Wilde in divorce court filings this past week with Ted Lasso. She suggested she was poor. She suggested the Daily Mail wasn't going to sit for it. So they got the court records. In a declaration filed with the L.A. Superior Court, she has 645000 in bank accounts, okay. $4 million in stocks and bonds, $6 million in real estate, totaling $10.5 million. And that she well, she's a, not liquid, Jamie. She's just not very liquid. Listen, you she know? has a monthly income of $71,000 a month. Dang. Listen, and then, but she reports, she then says, but I have $107,000 a month in expenses. In- including, and it was detailed, including $4,000 on laundry and cleaning services. What is okay. happening at her house? Not a math guy, but that feels like she's running at a, a deficit, a significant deficit. <laughs> That's like there. great. And then my final sixth red light, red light to Harry Styles, my beloved, for making out with Emily Ratatouille on the street in Tokyo in maybe the most unsexy makeout video in all of history. Okay. I guess what they say is true. It's not the same as it was, as it was, as it was. Do you get it? I don't. But I don't. But do you get it? That's his song, as it was. I it's don't. I don't know any. I don't know that I could identify any of Listen, his music. Listen, is Emily sadly. Ratatouille the new Pete Davidson? That she's just who needs a PR relationship? I am available for hire because my expenses are also a hundred thousand dollars a month, and I have fifty thousand coming in. She might be. She might be like the new. I don't know if it's like the Wilmer Valderrama, you know, effect. But the Eric Andre one really threw me. I'll be honest with you. That really threw me. Listen, she w- posted naked selfies with. Eric Andre and mm-hmm. now is making out with Harry Styles. What you know what? I just let's don't judge it. Let's just enjoy the experience. Let's just be proud of her. You know, good for okay. you, Emily Ratatouille. All right, what's your red light? My red light is um. So you know, I I love Chick Fil A. I do. I, my kids love Chick Fil A. We're there pretty regularly. You know, just in general, but also given the season of life we're in, very rushed, very scheduled. Chick Fil A is obvious. You know, we're, we're going to pivot there. And a lot of times, I order through the app. You know, get those yeah. points, stuff like that. But sometimes. You know, we're going through last minute. I don't have a chance, so I got to go through the drive-through, and everything in the drive-through in the in the restaurant is is so automated and precise. It's really well done. Orders, I don't know, ninety five percent of the time are completely accurate. You know, even with the sauces, it's it's really great. Okay. okay? The only problem is, despite all this consider consideration and 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 precision and the fine tuning, at the conclusion of my order, when I place it in the drive-through, I'm forced into one of the most chilling 
and frankly, uh, nerve wracking experiences of my day when I'm forced to uh, do like a high flying debit card insertion held by a teenager, like card reader situation. Okay. Uh, Performing this high flying feat of currency penetration is inappropriate and it has to be a joke. I don't understand why everything else is so seamless. I I wish I could just hand them a card. I don't care if they run away with it. I don't care if they liquidate my entire bank account. It's, I'd rather that happen than me try to like uh, awkwardly smash my debit card into the card reader. I, so, I just don't know why we're doing so that. So you're having to swipe the card? Not swipe. Not swipe. Oh, insert. See, I don't, I've not paid with cat. I've not paid in a drive through at yeah. Chick-fil-A in five years minimum. Sure. That's such a free time flex. And I'm happy for you. Because I'm always like, let me do my order. And then I pay for it on the app. I wish I could do that. Sometimes kids change their mind or whatever. So I have to do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And they won't take my money. Like I just, I want to be like, I'm just going to start dropping my card right before I place the order and just be like, you can do it. You do that card. You do that. I don't care if you steal my identity. Just don't make me do this with you. It's precarious. Those CFA policies are tough. They're tough. What is your green light this week? Okay, my green light this week is a new book. It's called How I'll Kill You by <laughs> Ren Stefano. It is a serial killer murder mystery family drama. Guys, what's better than twins? Triplets. Listen, this <laughs> follows three identical twins, triplet sisters uh, named Iris, Sissy, and Moody, who they're abandoned as children and they're raised in foster homes. As you know, I was a social worker back in the previous life, worked in foster care and adoption. And so I loved this kind of component of it. Now we are now with them as 25 year olds and Moody and Iris may or may not in honor of women's history month, have a history of killing men. And then their sister Sissy comes in and cleans up the mess. But now it's time for Sissy to kill her first person. And their model is make him want you, make him love you, make him dead. And okay. then, uh, but the problem is, Sissy, this is not a spoiler, but Sissy may or may not fall for her first uh, potential victim. It's chilling, it's dark, it's twisty, and weirdly, quite heart-wrenching. Like, it's huh. really lovely at the end. So this is a fun, like, spring, you just want to sit on the porch and read something fun and frothy and uh, has a lot of murder. This is a book for you. This is a book for you. Okay, I've got a book as well, um, and it is, uh, it's called, uh, I Have Some Questions for You, oh. uh, and it's by Rebecca Mackay, and I, so I was sold when I saw someone describe it as uh, twisty, immersive, whodunit, perfect for fans of Donna Tartt's The Secret History. Like oh, that's love that, yeah. It's my, it's my book, uh, I, I have a special place in my heart for it, so I was like, I gotta check this out, and then I read the summary, and I was like, I was even more in. So it's the story, it's told from the perspective of the main character, Bodie Kane who is a film professor and true crime podcaster. Um, She's returning to her private boarding high school to teach a class on podcasting, but it's complicated because while she was at the school, her roommate was murdered and uh, an athletic, uh, an athletic trainer was eventually uh, convicted for the crime, but true crime fans on Reddit don't believe he did it. Uh, And Bodie even though initially she's like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. She starts to believe he didn't do it either. Um, it's really, it's a great story on bias, on shifting perspectives, and how you can never really know how you're perceived. But it's also a really, um, I don't know, smart commentary on true crime podcasts and the amateurs empowering them, both for really good, but also for really bad. So Ooh, I highly okay. recommend it if you like okay, anything. Okay, I want to read that. Yeah, it's really, really, really well done. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, remember, anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast. First, so you first use our affiliate link. If you're out first, using that link this week was, Jamie, this is just brown cow yogurt. Okay, did you know that there is a difference between brown cows and black cows? 
I, besides color, I did not. No. Okay, so black and white cows are called Holsteins or Holsteins. What? And they, they are used because they give a lot of milk. And then brown cows are called Jerseys, and they give less milk but more cream. Oh, don't love that. I didn't like that phrase, but Gross. I understand why you might like brown cow, cow yogurt. Okay, 2,000 reviews, 4.7 stars. People freaking love this, except Katarina. She left a one-star review titled, Why? Question mark. And then she said, I've been buying brown cow peach flavor for over two years. It was awesome. They stopped selling that flavor everywhere I've checked. So disappointed in the company. And I'm a Coloradian where these are made. So don't think because I'm in Texas by no choice of my own wow. that I'm complaining. <laughs> Katarina, are you there. okay? Look at it. Bleak twice if you're okay in Texas. Why? A lot of pain behind those eyes, Kunu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, don't forget the podcast live tickets go on sale April 4th for BFOTS, April 11th for FOTS and for subscribers to Note for the Audio. And then on April 12th to the public, you can click the link in the show notes to learn more or go to knoxandjamie.com slash live. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Whopper, 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 Junior Double, Triple Whopper, Flame Grill taste with perfect toppers, I rule this day. Lettuce, mayo, pickle, ketchup, it's okay if I don't want that impossible, or bacon, Whopper, any Whopper my way. You rule your season today.